everybody. I'm Bree. I'm Lynn. And I'm Vicki. And we, we are telling on ourselves. Yay. Yes, yes, yes. We are telling. We are telling. And I am going to tell a story today about First Thought Wrong. First thought wrong. Um, well, it's it's kind of multiple stories enmeshed with the same first thought wrong, if that makes sense. Um, and and the wrong thought, well, there's two stories. I'm not sure. I'm going to tell the first one because this is kind of Lynn's mad at me about this one. Um, so she sent all these cards out for um, thank you cards for... Um, <laughs> for the whole um, workshop thinking. And and I'm like, I didn't get it. And she keep asking me if I didn't get it. And I'm like, no, I didn't get it. And I was, I was going out. She's like, well, did you check your mail today? And I'm like, no. So I went outside and I checked my mail. And as I'm walking out, I'm like, oh, I wonder if both of those cards weren't from Donna. Because I thought Donna sent me two cards. And <laughs> I just... <laughs> She didn't even look at who signed it. Well, because it was Donna's handwriting. It was my handwriting. I was wrong. (laughs) And then I just looked at it and I came inside. And it's nicely like, you know, adorning the area with all the cards from the anniversary. And I looked at it and I'm like, oops, this is from you. I really liked the appreciation quote. (laughs) So number one, she didn't read it. I did so read it. I did so read it. Did that not make sense to you that Donna would thank you for helping with the workshop? Well, I thought she was thanking me for helping her with... I thought she was thanking me for helping her with her recovery. So I did you think basically it, didn't read the whole thing. I, well, thank you, Brie. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> so then I started getting codependent because Linda actually dropped him off at the mailbox when she was going out last week. She was going to the post office. I'm like, ooh, will you take these? So when she said she didn't get it, I'm like, God damn it, Linda, did you drop the one card down in the seat, the one person that probably did the most and deserved? And so I'm going to first thought wrong too, Lynn. Well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys something. There says nothing about a workshop in here. So that's what, I mean, there's no confusion with love you, Lynn, but the rest of it, there's no, it, it, it says, thank you for everything. Yeah. Cause I think on everybody else's, I said workshop, didn't I Brie? Well, yeah, you did. But didn't you know that you spelled Donna L-Y-N-N now? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to share. uh, I would like to share the appreciation quote um, because it's beautiful. It It went on everyone's. It says, "Appreciation is a wonderful thing. It makes what is excellent in others belong to us as well." Voltaire, and I loved it. And I was like, "Well, okay." So here's the funny thing. So I thought this. I had talked to Donna. Donna told me she sent me something for my anniversary. Okay, I read it, and I'm like. Well, that's a weird anniversary card. Like, (laughs) okay, thanks, Donna. And then like two days later, I got one and it had a coin in it. And it was like... (laughs) Good God almighty, Brie. I just don't... I can't. I can't. You can't. I can't. I don't even know what to say. You try to be good peoples. Right? Try to act right. But I loved it. I thought it was lovely. (laughs) <laughs> that's an ffs if ever i've heard for fuck's sake for fuck's sake well no one, i guess what it boils down to is i'm just a little bit ditzy 
that's okay. You were moving too fast. Yeah. You're, I don't even know if it's ditzy. It's just, you like did what I do sometimes, which is look, skim, and then be like, no. oh, cool. And then on to the next thing, you know? I did read, I remember reading, thank God that you're in my life. Like, I remember reading that. But I understand. <laughs> I just didn't read Loveland. <laughs> I understand how you had anticipated a card from Donna. Therefore, when you received a card, your mind was already like, oh, this must be from Donna. Hence, okay, so Marie, can you imagine Mama Donna, number one, using pink ink? Number no. one. Number two, it buying a card with a cute little bird and a pink envelope. It was very cute. <laughs> Everybody got the same one. <laughs> it's very cute, though. Yeah. That doesn't scream Mama Donna. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like she would send something funny. Ink, ink. I I That's get it. Your first clue. <laughs> well, like I said, it was first thought, second thought, third right. thought, wrong. There's a lot of wrong going on in that scenario. <laughs> Until Lynn shows up today for podcasting and she's like, hey, that's my card I gave you. No, I <laughs> walked outside and I figured it out when I walked outside. I'm like, oh, geez. I'm like, I bet you I'm going to go in there and I'm going to look at that one card that I thought was from Donna too. And it's going to be from Lynn. And sure as shit. That was great. Yeah, it was a good. One. That's good. So, <laughs> segue now. We're gonna talk today about being uncomfortable, Brie. You know how you just get all cuddly up in those feelings of being uncomfortable. I'm very uncomfortable. Uh, I am often uncomfortable, and and we'll talk about in a minute where that stemmed yeah. from. But first, I'll do definition corner. Ooh, I liked it. Uncomfortable is ill at ease, causing anxiety, slightly worried or embarrassed. Sounds like the definition of my life. Ill at ease, anxious. Did you read the definition for Biggie's life? <laughs> I guess I did. Just kidding. Um, that was life pre-recovery. So some of those things still happen, oh, yeah. just not all of those things all of the time. There was a cool thing that I read, though, that said discomfort is what happens when we are on the precipice of change. Ooh, that's good. I like, I like that. That. Yeah. that needs to be like a picture quote. It does. It needs to be on the mirror. Um, a friend of mine that I knew in college, and we're still pretty close. And I think I was about to move. I'm not sure. I remember we were having dinner and we were talking one night and he said something about me leaving Lexington where I had this really tight group of friends and it was, it was scary. And he said, how are you doing this? And I said, because I tried to, to um, challenge myself to think of the thing that scares me the most and then do it. And, and I saw him just a couple of years ago and he said, you know, I always think about that. And he said, and I use that same challenge whenever I'm feeling complacent. Think about what scares me the most and then do it. And somebody famous said that too. Was it Chef Lynn? It was, I think it was Chef Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually scary to even think about that. It, it, it actually makes me a little bit uncomfortable to think about what I fear the most and yeah. doing it. Yeah. The, talk about oh, and Brene Brown. One of her most famous quotes is, "If I have to choose between courage and comfort, I'll choose courage every time." Hey, Lynn, you know how many times you've said that on the podcast? A five thousand, probably. I know. Wait, she but, said she would choose courage. I would choose courage over comfort yeah. every time. Oh, it's the one that's in your room. It's, yeah, it's in your room over there. And oh. and Lynn, um, Lynn gave that to me. At the retreat. At the retreat. So it, it's, it's a very meaningful telling on ourselves okay. picture quote. 
It's actually slightly different. It says you can choose courage or you can choose comfort. You cannot have both. Oh, you're right. Sorry. You cannot have fries with that. They are fries with that shake. They're mutually exclusive. What do you feel about that, Brie? I agree with that. And I think most people would, most people choose comfort daily. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to ask you what the real quote was, because I was like, did I hear you right? She said she'd choose courage every day because I think most people do choose comfort on a regular basis. So that's, that's what made me think about it a little bit. And then I also heard, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Vic. No, go, go, go. Oh, I was reading something today about navigating feelings, uh, you know, when your creativity is blocked and navigating Mm -hmm. feelings that get in the way of your flow. And that kind of, it made me think of, oh, that's uncomfortable. That's another time we feel uncomfortable is when we're not doing what we ought to be doing. Cause you get to a point in your program and your sobriety that where you have a conscience. And then when you do something super fucked up, you feel uncomfortable because you know, that just ain't right. We don't do that anymore. It's like the water on the bottom of the basket. You got to tell them you didn't pay for it. Yeah, right. I always think about that story. Can't your out, day. Can't walk out with the water at the bottom of the car, guys. Like, seriously, you're going to drink? Well, eventually, yes. <laughs> yes, eventually. <laughs> hey, and it did happen. I did I drink. So, I mean. Well, yeah. I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I don't know. It was good. Oh, but I do think that was pretty awesome. I think that's good advice. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, just do it or walk. Well, okay. So I'm just going to jump right into my feelings about being uncomfortable and uncomfortable feelings and recovery and and how I walk through it. Is that cool? Please. Yeah. Um, Because I have to do this often as an introvert. And it's weird that I'm an introvert, even though I do improv. I think it's really weird. But, um, and I've always been in acting and I think it's weird that I'm an introvert. But I'm, I've, I've, I've constantly been uncomfortable. And I'm usually, well, you said, well, let's get down to the root cause. I mean, the, the, the back in the day, I was uncomfortable always because, you know, part of it is I'm a little bit gullible. And I would believe everybody when they would tell me things, Right. And I believed everything everyone said. And I always believed the best in everybody. And and unfortunately, that's not life. And um, and so I would fall for things and I would be disappointed. And I would fall. So instead of falling for things and being disappointed, I didn't fall for anything. So I put up a big wall of like, I know better. And I'm going to do what I want to do as long as you're not mad at me. I mean... So, there are so many confusing... No wonder why I was uncomfortable. I was sitting there trying to people please. Meanwhile, I didn't trust them. It's kind of like that one speaker that says, I'm going to make you prove you love me by being a jerk, but you better prove to me you love me. It's kind of like that. Yeah. It's, it's almost... It's the definition of insanity. Just keep doing this thing where you're pulling apart and going together and pulling, you're like pulling, you're like fighting with yourself. I feel like, what is that cartoon or that, that, that superhero movie where the guy is fighting with himself? Is that the Ant-Man one? I don't remember, but I kind of, I vaguely know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's what I feel like. Yeah. Um, I did read this really cool. I think it was in Tiny Buddha because I was looking at some stuff today too, Brie. And it said, we don't exist independently of our emotions. So whatever you're going through is you. Mm 
Hmm. So whatever you do with those feelings, you're also doing to yourself. So you want to learn to be, to comfort yourself and love yourself, give yourself grace, be patient, you know, all those things. Because when you're feeling something negative, that's not just this independent thing that you can run away from, which is what we all tried to do as alcoholics and addicts. We, we couldn't deal with that. So we numbed it or ran away or denied it or whatever. We all had our own modus operandi, but (laughs) it's true. Yeah. Like crazy true. Oh, but now, uh, Going through feelings is cool because you just, I mean, this is kind of funny that this comes on the, on the back side of Sarah's podcast with us where she kind of talked about this is, is feeling those feelings and, and being able to walk through them. And I was listening, do you guys listen to that Dr. Joe Dispenza guy? He's pretty interesting, but he's talking about how the, these feelings that we have, if we what happens is they come become beliefs when we keep reliving them like resentments when we keep reliving them and we stay in that feeling but if we listen to i'm going to circle back all the way to that Shauna Shapiro episode where i was talking about good morning i love you and she said feelings only last very short time but because we stay stuck in them isn't we're rel- it's groundhog day for feelings and it's not that you stay stuck in the feeling, it's that you remember that negative. And so that's what you're anticipating, right? Is that? Yeah. Or avoiding or like, as long as you're thinking about it, you're still keeping it in your vortex. Yeah. The, the anger, well, for me, because just because I'm having an experience right now where I'm holding on to the anger right now, mm-hmm. so I can relate to what you are saying on many levels right now. And I'm thinking, how do I get out of the anger? Cause it's so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. And it makes me actually, anger used to make me feel kind of powerful before. It makes me feel very weak now. That is so true. And you know, when I was in the, the probably the height or the depth of my um, alcoholism, I would be just righteous anger all the time, which is taxing and it wears you out. But I felt like that's the only way I could be heard or have a voice or be seen. Was Ugh. if I was angry. Well, that is all that happened in my growing up year. Well, not all. But a lot of times to get attention, I had to have a temper tantrum. You know, I mean, it was like this 13-year-old having a temper tantrum. It sounds like one's having one outside right now. The neighbors, do you hear that screaming? Good. Good, because it's loud. It's like someone's being skinned alive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you might want to go check that out and make sure it's not a mannequin. (laughs) Rule number one, it's never a mannequin. (laughs) Right. Um, Um, But no, I was thinking, you know, just kind of getting back to being um, uncomfortable, I think. mm -hmm. And we were talking to like about childhood and yeah, I just want to kind of hit on what you were talking about is using alcohol and drugs as a way to feel more comfortable. And now we've taken that that safety blanket or whatever off and now we're exposed to discomfort and have to deal with it and navigate it. And it's honestly, it's kind of cool because I have so many more tools now than I did before. And I can see that I've grown, you know, um, I used to be so worried and uncomfortable going anywhere where I didn't know the people, right? If you weren't my closest friends or family, I was uncomfortable And I think about when I get together with like anybody in Dave's life now, like any of his 
you know, work partners or family members, you know, I'm able to get through that discomfort without having to feel like I need a drink to be okay and to like loosen up a little bit um, because of the tools of this program and, and being sober and having better methods. And I think one of the things that I think about, one of my biggest tools in a situation like that is what other people think of me is none of my business. And the fact that I actually like myself now. So that helps me too. It's like, I like me. If you don't like me, you just don't know me or you just, it's, that's on you, you know? So well, share that. They're not our people, right? Right. Because I mean, I think about there's some people that I just don't jive with. And there are some people that I don't jive with them. Like they don't like how I see the world and it's just very different. But going back to that self-righteous indignation that you were talking about and that anger and that, that living in that constant, I mean, it was for me, one of the biggest defense mechanisms to protect my disease or shizzle. I don't think I was ever clear enough to think that I was protecting my disease. I just felt that's the only way I could have a voice. Right. I think I thought that I was not an alcoholic because of it. Ah. Because my sister was throwing up all the time blood and I was just throwing up regular. Yeah, (laughs) just regular puke. (laughs) You were so much better. Why'd you even stop drinking? I know. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like you had a while to go. You know what they say, comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. You see blood. (laughs) I'm so much better because I just throw up every day. (laughs) Uh, Brushing your teeth in the morning. I still have nightmares about the gagging when I'm trying to brush my teeth. (laughs) Anyway, um, the, the, another cool thing that I, when I was reading about quotes about being unco- discomfort, and I think I actually Googled like uncomfortable feelings, situations, and you know, a couple of different things like that. And there was one quote that said, now when I feel discomfort or anxiety, I actually get excited because I know there's change coming. Ooh, I like that. Who yeah. said that? I wonder. I, mm. I can't remember because I read too many. But I, I like to look at, it's kind of like that think what you fear the most and then try to do it. It's the same thing. It's like, this is like you're opening yourself up for something really big to happen. So I don't remember that though. When I'm in it, I don't remember Mm -mm. doing that. I don't, how does that become? And that's kind of what I was asking Sarah last week. For me, I don't think about it when I'm in it. So I guess when I'm calling somebody, that's why calling somebody is so important. Bree's on a boat. She's on a canoe right now. <laughs> <laughs> the tail of the <laughs> big boat I'm trip. Trying, I'm trying to pick the little plastic protector part off of my new charger. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> Three hour tour. <laughs> and you said what well, was going to be funny. Um, so I thought I was going to fall asleep or, or like just get so pissed. Like I was not going to podcast. Shut down. Yeah. We are your medicine, Brie. Yeah. yeah. Now. But so, well, here's one thing. We can podcast and then we get to walk through the feeling. Because are you still as angry as you were when you got on here? No see or we could call a friend like I did that one day and I'm like I just got a vent about this and blah 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 or whatever and and I think that is my first step and then hopefully eventually when I start to feel it I'll be able to think of oh yeah this is gonna turn into something great 
Exactly. Well, the whole reason Vicki suggested this topic in the first place was because I did a lead the other night for that big group, the Worldwide Primary Purpose Group. And she'd asked me for a while and I kept kind of blowing her off until she finally said, can you do May 27th? And I went, okay. Because before I was like, yeah, I'll do it sometime. I mean, sometime can be anytime or never time, <laughs> never time. And I, and so I was trying to never time, <laughs> never time. That might be the name of this episode. Never, <laughs> never time. time, never time, every time. Have a time. <laughs> so I was trying to figure out inside me, what, what was I avoiding? Why did I really, really, really not want to do it? And it's it, so simple. It's the same things that I always struggle with when I'm trying to be, trying to see this sounds so weird it's like I'm trying to be what I think I am but I don't really believe I am so therefore I feel like people are going to figure it out I'm going to look stupid going to sound stupid you know all those negative things that I still have to work on with my self-worth and imposter syndrome yeah imposter syndrome yeah I can relate to that that's a big source of feeling uncomfortable yeah Especially in yeah, new situations like I just talked about with like, you know, meeting anybody from like Dave's life. I'm like, if they only knew how weird I was, but I can't gotta put on my normal face. That'd be <laughs> normal. Yeah. Well, and there's a great freedom when you stop doing that. I have to say when, because now in my life, I am much more able to just be this kind of kooky gal that I am right now, almost in every aspect of my life. And one thing that was interesting was I would still do it when I was at clients, when I was working. I, that was part of my, like, how I got clients was just being this kooky, quirky person. It's kind of interesting. Persona. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't ever act like I have to, you know, think I have to change my behavior. You know, when I do it a lot now is when we go to ILP and talk, I want to make sure that I sound like a good alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, but you just made me think, you know, sometimes when we get uncomfortable or we're, okay, so we're ourselves and it might feel a little uncomfortable because we do kind of worry first thought wrong is we're worried what other people might think about us. But I think when you are genuinely yourself and you can be a little goofy or whatever being yourself means, that part of your personality, I think it makes other people more comfortable then, you know, because they're like, oh, look at that person's putting their walls down. Maybe I don't have to have my walls up too. Like I've constantly been complimented in my life about how like just open I am. They're like, oh, you're so open and you're like, you know, we make me so comfortable. I'm like, really? cool. Like I don't mean, you know, if I don't, if I make an ass out of myself, that makes you feel good. Okay. But it's true. And I've yeah. um, doing, doing cooking classes. I am like super goofy and I really do whatever it takes to engage people. Because if I kind of put myself out there, it's like you say with acting, even when you were so painfully introverted acting, you, you find a way to engage by really just opening yourself up and going, here's everything, you know, and, and people love it. They, they embrace it. But it's scary to do that. Which is why the 12 steps work because we're in a room of people and we're all just talking our truth. So everyone can relate. Yeah, I want to throw this out there and see what you gals think about this. Being uncomfortable because of setting boundaries. And I know that like boundaries are totally whole new, like it's a total topic in its its own right. But I 
have been feeling like I need to set a boundary with someone in my life right now. And it is uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, no. It's very uncomfortable to speak your truth. Well, and, you know, there was, that's what I wanted to do an episode about is boundaries. So we'll have to, we'll have to put that one in our back pocket. But circle back on the wagon trail. But (laughs) yeah, we save an hour and a half for boundaries. I know. And teach me. Oh, wise ones, teach me because I suck. Well, it's, (laughs) it's a work in progress and it depends on the person too. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're going to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like, that's why it goes so hand in hand with being uncomfortable because he wants to tell people like, no, or I no, I can't do that for you. No, I don't like when you do that for me. No, go away or like any, you know, it's so awkward. It's like, what happens with me? The, one of the big mistakes I make is, especially if I have prior experience with a person and I need to establish some boundaries, I'm already telling myself how they're going to react, which is what you shouldn't do. Yeah. Oh, I know that per- as soon as I set this boundary, that person's going to cry, mm-hmm. you know, or as soon as I set this boundary, they are going to go and tell everybody that I set this boundary with them. And yeah, then I'm going to be the bad guy. We're just all high and mighty. <laughs> oh, I am a fortune teller. Extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> I can predict everybody else's behavior. That's a joke. Yes. Very funny. (laughs) Otherwise we'd be taking you on the road and we'd be retiring on the money. We'd be making free. (laughs) We'd be in the back of the wagon. (laughs) I'd be like Tiger King, except like a fortune teller. We'd go to all of the malls all around here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. We could, we could actually be gypsies. I would love it. Let's get an RV. I want one of those sprinters. Don't sign the lease, Brie. Let's get an RV. We're all getting tiny homes. <laughs> We're buying a plot and buying tiny homes. <laughs> I don't think I want a plot, man. I just want to be on wheels. Let's go. Okay. Don't sign the lease. I think it's free. And like, I think we, it's free to park in Walmart parking lots now. I think like nationwide, it's, it's, they, they won't tow you. Really? They just don't have electricity. Electricity. Huh. Yeah. You got to find a place to dump your toilet, but we'll figure it out. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll put solar panels on all of our tiny... So all of us sell our cars. Oh, you all don't. Sell your house. I'll sell my car. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to sell. I pretty much lease my... Yes, yourself. (laughs) Chelsea, what have you got to sell? (laughs) Oh, she pointed at herself, folks. We're taking bids. It's bids right now. Selling Um, our boobs. does Does that scare you? Is that something that scare you that maybe we should do? What, sell your boobs? Well, sell everything and get on the RV and just hit the road. I mean, yeah, it kind of does scare me a little bit. Dave may not be very happy about it either. <laughs> I'll tell him I'll be back in a year, sweetheart. <laughs> What's the wedding date? Just have the, the wedding yeah. prepared. I'll be back by the time of the wedding. I'll let you make all the decisions. <laughs> Surprise me, baby. Surprise me. I'm going Buy to- my dress. Seriously, I'm okay with anything. <laughs> Yeah, I'd show up in one of those like hippie flower dresses anyways, I'm sure, yeah. you know. Flowers in your hair. Yeah, flowers in my hair. And you've got a year to get the dreads going. Man, that okay, that is one of my dreams. One day I will have dreads, whether I'm 40 or 50, I don't I don't know, it's going to happen. That's not happen. something that scares me. I will help you. Thank you. 
to help me roll my dirty hair into little dreads. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. You just got to twist it all the time. (laughs) So really quick, I want to talk really quick, just because I love cringeworthy humor. And it's so funny when, like, I love feeling uncomfortable if the awkwardness is happening to someone else sometimes. Mm -hmm. Is that like an alcoholic thing that we like? Like when the embarrassment's happening to someone else, we're kind of like, I'm uncomfortable watching this go down right now, but it also is kind of giving me a lot of pleasure. <laughs> I think that's a that's why we watch movies and TV like, and comedies. The, the curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, like, right. Oh goodness, yeah. I'm so obsessed with like other people. Yeah, Rain Phoenix. Anything he does, it's like because it's so uncomfortable to watch. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's called Schadenfreude. What? I think being uncomfortable with, I don't know, Chelsea, what is, Chelsea, what is shade and fraud? Okay. So Chelsea, who is also uh, like doing our, our Googling right now, which is awesome. She said, checking. she said, yeah, fact checking. Interesting fact. She says, shade and fraud is when you take pleasure in other people's uncomfortableness or. Oh, uncomfortable I like that. Things. I can shit and frown all day. Yeah. <laughs> shot and frown. Shard and frown. Shart. Shart. It doesn't say that on our screen. Okay. <laughs> Is that a job? Can I be shot and frown for, for my income? Yeah, please get paid for that. I'm really good at it. I can I can find those people anywhere. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, um, my God. But speaking of misfortunes, well, and you know, I don't want to get political. I don't, but I feel like an idiot because I just crawled out from under a rock and found out about the whole George Floyd thing today. Like, don't ask me how I didn't know about it sooner. Right. I, I just didn't. So talk about being super uncomfortable, like with, and not, not taking pleasure in it, but like, wow, you know, that kind of uncomfortable. And I, I watched the video and I was horrified. It's sick. Yeah. It's sickening. Like it yeah. is absolutely wrong, awful, terrible. I can't even wrap my any a pinky of any thing that it's just gross. Yeah. And so I just think of that as far as like discomfort. And then when you like take action out of your discomfort, like I feel like I got to do something and I don't even know what it is. That's like, what am I going to do besides just be like, I'm, I'm not okay with this. So like discomfort can move us to action too, I guess. Um, yeah. I don't know. I kind of went on a weird tangent there. I don't know. If no, it's okay. I mean, it, and it has to start with you. Any kind of change has to start with you inside yourself. And then the way you talk to people, the way you deal with situations and educate people that don't want to be educated. Yeah. And don't put up with shit. You yep. know, if anyone call in them your out when they say something. Well, yeah. right. Don't co-sign on it. Don't just, yeah. don't just turn a blind eye to it. No. No. Yeah, don't coast. I love that. Don't co-sign their bullshit anymore. Call them out. Yeah. Like, and if and, it's as simple as saying, I'm not comfortable with this conversation and I'm not going to listen to it, there's a clear boundary. Yeah. And I can do that boundary all day. And separating yourself from people who, like, unless they want to change, but like, if it's, you know, if I just, anyways, sorry. I was, no, I, it's, it's I life. It's what's so happening right now, you know? And, and it's crazy because there's so much, um, turmoil in the world right now that this is one of those things that I was afraid of is a mass chaos and 
I know it's not mass chaos where we live, but it is mass chaos there. And well, it could be because the protesting is happening now all over the United States in so many places. Which it should. Yeah, it needs to. Um, you know, I don't think this, and actually Vic, we were talking about this morning and Vicki had seen a gentleman at a church that was doing a presentation and he was talking about basically the Black Lives Matter movement. And I'm going to let her explain yeah, what so, he said. So T.D. Jakes, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's awesome speaker and he has lots of books. And he was talking about how the the problem that we have in our society with race issues, he was saying how when you have a, a sore... Um, before it heals, it needs to get inflamed and it needs to get, you know, break open and have pus and all this stuff. But in order to, to heal it, you need to get that out. You need to get to the, to the bottom of it it, and you're going to get a fever and it's going to get hot and it's going to be painful. But then one day it's going to, that's the only way it gets better. Cause if you just keep, keep hiding that sore, you know, it's not going to get any better. There's no, we can't just sugarcoat it and pretend like nothing's there. It, it, the, the problem needs to come to a head. Yeah. Cause I feel like this just keeps happening mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah. So like more, more than it's even in the media, like we only hear about a handful of, of them that actually end up being a big deal. And it's exactly, just, yeah, there was a big one in Louisville. Um, a couple, it was like, beginning it was right at the beginning of the lockdown but and we won't even get into it because it's too long but what I just thought about too was that um 55 years ago 1965 is when the civil rights was really coming to a head with the marches and it was a couple of years before Martin Luther King was assassinated and and there were so many strides that were made 55 years ago and then in so many ways we still feel like we're at the exact same damn point it is yeah and this went way off of being uncomfortable, but not really. No, it's, because this is uncomfortable. Yeah. And and what do we do? Because obviously going to protests can be problematic too. Um, I feel like there's got to be a change that can happen that I can be a part of that's not going and standing with a sign. I feel like that is... I'm not saying protests are bad, but I'm saying there's got to be something that can be uh, a part of the solution. I signed a petition today. It's something little, but it it was like a step, right? Like I signed a petition for something and that's just like a small, I like, I literally just found out about this guys like two hours ago. So I don't even know all of the details of it. I just literally watched this video and was horrified. So yeah, as stuff comes out of like stuff that we can do, I'll totally share it with you guys and you know, we can do what we're interested in and whatever we can do to help. You know, I mean, and part of it is just like, yeah, educating ourselves already and then not not being a part of the wheel anymore, you know, or just, and not pretending like the, like, or not pretending like the the issue's not there. Right. Not pretending like the wheel doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. Um, I saw a thing on Facebook that says, I don't want to hear, I don't see color. You need to see color. And then you need to accept that everybody's different, but we're all the same. Yeah. And I like that because I, I was kind of of that school of, oh, I don't see color first with people. Of course I do. But is that going to determine how I treat a person? It shouldn't. Right. Yeah. Oh, so sorry. I just went and got all like dove yeah. into that one, but 
you know. Well, it's important. It's important. And, and I don't, um, I know that I just think about all the, all the people that have made a difference. And, you know, I think about all the people that have taken a stand for themselves and for other people and for civil rights. And I remember my mom used to say, and I feel like it was when there was, um, the the Gulf War around then. Why aren't why aren't you guys protesting? When I, when I was growing up, we would protest, and I said, "Mom, it doesn't." You know that song, "Waiting on the World to Change." Um, though that is a good song, um, that was what probably 10, 15 years ago. I think now we have to start doing something, and I don't know what that is, but I would really like to know what I can do to be of service to make this not make this issue become something of the past finally well, I think, as Chelsea reminded us a long time ago about putting our thoughts on trial it doesn't it kind of start with there? And and when you hear, like I said earlier, if you hear a person that says something that you know is offensive to you, um, don't just, you know, let it go. Yeah. Don't laugh it off. Don't walk away. Don't just say, I think that's kind of inappropriate. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or like you're a dick. That's not how the world's going to work from now on. And <laughs> like, I don't know. I would, I'm, well, it's funny because my kids are constantly saying things like, you can't say that. That's wrong. Da, da, da. You know, they are so. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I just like saying, you can't say that. And yeah. still expect to be my friend or still expect to be in my inner circle. Like, yeah, right. You can't say that. You can't say that. You can't. And if that's truly how you feel, good for you. Don't speak it. Have your own thoughts. And I will pray that they will change one day. Yeah. Well, and you can't be, I mean, and this is something that happened to me the last time there was an election, which is why I wasn't on social media as much, was because I ended up really not liking human beings that I was very close with because of their political opinion. But I think this goes beyond political no, opinion. Human. I hope so. Yeah, this is humanity. <laughs> Way beyond. <clears throat> I hope so. It's tragic. Yeah, so we're just going to try to be good humans and help help be kind. Yeah. Be kind. Yeah, and don't don't fear fear. Cuz fear just means something awesome's about to happen. And when you're feeling uncomfortable and got that uh-oh feeling. Um there was one other quote that I saw that it was really cool and talking going back to comfort. It says comfort is attached to our ancestral drive to survive. So if you're staying in your comfort zone, it's like thinking about staying in that zone. You're you're not going to rock the boat, so you're not going to fall out. May not be great. Nothing really great may happen, but you're going to be stay in that status quo. And yeah, who wants you that? Live another day. You get to survive. Exactly. And we don't want to survive anymore. We want to thrive. 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 Thrive out. No, thrive. we have golden nuggets. Golden nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got golden nuggets. That's so awesome. <laughs> I mean, everything was a golden nugget for me. I can't go first. I didn't even take notes today either, so I have nothing to pull from right now. I'll say it. Discomfort is what happens when we are on the precipice of change. Love it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I and I love the idea of when I'm uncomfortable, just trying to trying to walk through that to get to something better. Where you were talking about, so yeah, yeah, I like that too about navigating your feelings when you're feeling uncomfortable. And just I think my golden nugget is like, wow, 
I really have changed so much to be able to do that and to walk through uncomfortable feelings and have a mindset of, I don't what other people think of me is none of my business. And I think I'm awesome. So you That's can think what you want, but I know I'm all that and a bag of chips. What? And we can do hard things. And you can't say that. I mean, not that we can do hard things, but <laughs> you can't say that. When anytime the hairs stand up on the back of my neck, I'm saying you can't say that. Oh, you can't say that. It's okay to say that. Yeah, it's okay to say. It's okay to say you can't say that. You, you can't. You can't. You can't. Okay. Well, I love you, ladies, and I love, I love you, the humans that are walking on this planet. And I hope we can all figure out a way to. Um, you know, I don't know that I'm, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. One love. One love. Tribe out. Tribe out. Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves. 